0: that's uh, certainly the truth. I'm glad this world is not my home. The more I see of it, I'm glad I have another home. Open your Bibles again, if you will, to Mark chapter 13. I apologize for that mistake I made, but uh, Brother Young needed to read a few extra verses, and so he is prepared to read Mark chapter 3. He's already practiced that, and uh, Mark chapter 13, I left the one out, and I apologize for that, but did get our attention. In Mark chapter 13, we have some truths for troubled times. I believe the simple reminders I'm going to give tonight will be a help to us. I believe they are important. I'll give you four words as I go through the message uh, this evening. Truths for troubled times. Heavenly Father, we're so safe inside your fold in the church as a child of God. Now, Lord, I think of the safety that they had in the ark. Now, while it was a, a turbulent and a troubled time on the outside, there was safety in the ark. And thank you for the safety that we have in you. And yet, Lord, there is a work to be done. And when you saved us, you did not bring us to heaven immediately. You left us here for a work and a responsibility to be fulfilled sometimes lord that is difficult in the world we live in and so i thank you for the instruction for the encouragement for the challenge that you give us in your word to accomplish your will in troubled times i ask your blessings as i preach the word tonight in jesus name i pray amen i want you to get the picture if you will i want you to imagine the event of what has happened Jesus and his disciples, and I do not know how many people uh, have been in the temple, but they have now uh, departed from the temple. And for some reason not mentioned, uh, when they went out of the temple, one one of the disciples said to Jesus, he said, "'Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here.'" Notice the exclamation mark, and so he's not just making a statement of observation, he is making a statement of exclamation. He said, Lord, and I believe he is saying, isn't this a beautiful sight? Isn't this a magnificent sight? And of course, the history of the temple was in the will of God, and it was a magnificent place. I want you to notice how Jesus responded in verse number two. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? Now that's interesting because they just said to Jesus, Aren't these buildings amazing? Uh, I want you to look at the stones, and I don't know if they're talking about the architectural work or if they're talking about the size of the stones or uh, the construction of how they're put together, Uh, but Jesus asked them a question in response to their statement. He said, do you see these buildings? Or in other words, I want you to look at them. Look at what you're talking about. And then he makes this statement. There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Then the Bible in verse 3 says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives. So there is a time between verse number 2 and verse number 3. I don't know how much time there is. Perhaps they went from the temple to the Mount of Olives. Maybe it was a few minutes. But it seems that there is a period of silence And they're no doubt pondering what Jesus has said. I believe they were expecting him to say, yes, they are beautiful. Yes, the building is magnificent. And yes, the stones are huge. They expected an agreement, no doubt. And he was not disagreeing with them about the beauty or the magnificence of the building. But he is saying to them, there's coming a day that one, not one stone will be left upon another. They go completely quiet. They quietly make their journey to the Mount of Olives. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. I wonder if there was a conversation like this that said, you ask him what he meant. You, you ask him. No, I'm not going to ask him. Ask Peter. He'll ask anything. And so the four of him, they asked privately, tell us when shall these things be? So they went from a magnificence of the, of the, of the appearance of the building uh, to a fear and a concern. And they said, Lord, when is this going to happen? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Now, in verses 5 through 10, we find the instruction that we're going to get uh, for the message, not only for them, but for us tonight. Verse number 5, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. So there are going to be more than one story. He's going to tell them the truth. But others are not going to tell them the truth. He said, I want you to make sure you're not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. There's another instruction that he gives for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in divers places. And there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves. For they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues ye shall be beaten. And ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them. And the gospel must be first published among all nations. Now it's interesting what the Lord Jesus tells them here in this passage of scripture. Now since the time of his statement, much prophecy has been fulfilled. We've been through world wars. We have seen civil wars of all kinds. We have seen unrest and it's going on now. We've seen earthquakes in divers' places. We have seen all kinds of weather-related uh, things. I was talking to Brother Chenault this morning, and they said, as far back as our records go, this is the worst storm on history in a 100 years. And I thought of that the last time I heard him say that, and I thought a 100 years is not much compared to God's eternity. I don't know if God's impressed with you weather cast or not but God is in control of all things and he's telling them these things are going to come to pass. Now folks, we're living in those days. Second Timothy chapter three is a newer passage of Scripture where Paul wrote to Timothy, though it's many years old now, we're living in those troubled times. Now, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to live in fear? Are we supposed to live in worry? Uh, what do we do in the troubled times, the days of such wicked immorality? America is more like Sodom uh, than ever in its history today, and uh, sadly, Uh, They're coming after our children. They're not just uh, quietly uh, living uh, their lives of immorality. They want to pervert your children and mine. I'll say more about that in two weeks on a Sunday night. Uh, All that we have uh, uh, held dear uh, for these 240 plus years in American history, uh, we're now told that that is wrong and uh, all of those did wrong. And everything we've been told is a sin Uh, Now we've been told, well, it's good and it's right and it helps our economy. We're living in those uh, troubled uh, times uh, without question. So what do we need in these uh, days to accomplish uh, the will of God? By the way, verse number 10 is the will of God, and the the gospel must first be published uh, among all uh, nations. It was a blessing today not only to hear from some of our uh, preacher boys around the country, but to get a report from Africa. And uh, to hear of folks uh, that gathered in uh, Brother Baxter's yard and as he preached the gospel and folks received Christ as Savior, I I like it. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than to hear the Word of God is being published, being preached, and folks are being saved. I want to give you four words. You may want to write the four words down, uh, but I'll give you these uh, quickly. First of all, we need confidence. Confidence. We need confidence. I want to say to the child of God, though we are in the minority, uh, though we are among a remnant, we cannot be people of fear. We must be people of confidence. Let me take that uh, statement uh, three steps further. First of all, we need to be confident in God. I love what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6, where it talks about uh, when He saved us, He began a work in us, and He'll perform that work until the day of Christ. I'm thankful that God works, the Holy Spirit of God works until uh, the return of Christ. We need to be a confident people, the Bible says. Psalm 121 and verse number four He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Now, I'm not talking about a pride in self or a pride in accomplishment or a pride in our flesh. I'm talking about a confidence to do what God has called us to do. We're not supposed to go in a cave or under a rock until Jesus comes. But we're to go stand on the mountains and go tell the world uh, that Jesus came to save uh, sinful men. We must keep our confidence in God no matter what you hear on the news God is in control no matter what you hear as far as the weather is concerned God is in control no matter what you hear about nations against nation God is in control no matter what you hear from the so-called science field or the field of medicine God is in control I say tonight have confidence in the lord the bible says in daniel chapter 2 and verse number 21 and he changeth the times and the seasons that's pretty good god said all right it's time for spring it's time for summer i don't know about you but uh you have uh, probably calendars at home and and uh, we have a couple of calendars some you turn the pages on Uh, We have one that we got years ago that's little uh, wooden blocks and every month you have to change those. Uh, God doesn't change the calendar. He changes the season. All we do is respond to what he does. Then it says this. He removeth kings and setteth up kings he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding i say tonight don't lose confidence in god we need then second of all we need confidence in ourselves. now don't misunderstand me i'm not talking about confidence in the flesh for in the flesh we can do nothing however our bodies are to be instruments of righteousness in his hand Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I say to young men preparing for ministry, have confidence in what God has called you to do. What God calls you to do, God enables you to do. As you prepare to go to the mission field, don't look at the circumstances and determine if you're able. Don't look at the situations and determine if you're able. Look at God's call in your life and what God calls us to do. God enables us to do. We must have have confidence in what God has called us to do we need confidence in one another we, we live in a world of uh, folks like to expose the negative they like to expose the wrong and if they can find the wrong in someone they'll use the wrong To expose, to dismiss the good of an individual. My Bible tells me as a Christian, I'm not supposed to look for the wrong. I'm supposed to look for the right. I'm not supposed to look for the weakness. I'm supposed to look for the strength. For as a team, you and I together can make a difference for Christ. We need to have confidence in one another. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in God's call in our life. Have confidence in one another. Now, when I think of myself, I struggle with this matter of confidence. However, when I think of who I am in Christ... When I think of the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God within me, when I think of the promises of God in the Bible, my confidence increases because we have this treasure in this earthen vessel and God can do a mighty work not through the strong but through the submitted one, not through the strong but through the yielded one and as I yield my life to Christ, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, we do. Uh, we, we, we must preach the Word of God. We must stand in the classroom, whether it be in your home or whether it be at the school or whether it be in the Sunday school, and teach and train and educate our children. Uh, you may say, I feel so inadequate. Yield yourself to the Spirit of God. Fill yourself with the Word of God. It's not our opinion or our philosophy or our take on life that matters. What matters is what God said. Teach what thus saith the Lord. We must have confidence to do what God has called us to do. God's called you to lead, lead. Start with your family. Lead your family. Lead your class. Lead your place of influence to have faith in God these last days we must have confidence I think of those disciples and their service for God oh my uh, there were times of failure certainly and sometimes we magnify and talk more about their failure than we do their faith in God these were great men these men are you listening to me they died for the cause of Christ I mean men confident in God's call confident in in God's power let me give you the second word tonight we need contentment contentment now many folks misunderstand contentment some think uh, contentment is to just be satisfied with where we are contentment is more than having a peace uh, when you think of the Apostle Paul you don't think of a person satisfied Uh, Paul said, I press toward the mark. Uh, Paul said, uh, I am debtor. I must preach the word of God. So we don't see Paul as a complacent person. However, Paul said in Philippians chapter four, I've learned to be content. Now, I love this word. And some time ago, I did a study on the word and I preached several sermons about what it means to be content. But contentment means that Uh, God supplies all our need to accomplish His will. That's what it means. It means an all-sufficient or a self-sufficient place. Uh, You may have, uh, years ago, they advertised apartments and uh, they were not uh, self-contained apartments. They were apartments that shared uh, maybe a a restroom or shared a kitchen. That was common in the 50s and 60s. And uh, used to, when they first started making uh, campers, uh, they were just a rolling box. And that box, uh, you'd pull it behind your vehicle and uh, you would stay at a campground. And at the campground, uh, they would have a shared uh, restroom shower and that's what you use but then uh, they started advertising uh, self-contained apartments or uh, self-contained campers and what that meant it had everything you needed on the inside it had water it had heat it had electricity Uh, you could cook your food it was self-contained when Paul said I've learned to be content he said I've learned that God can supply my need wherever I am and God always supplies according to his call uh, in my life. We need contentment in this day. That doesn't mean to be lazy. It doesn't mean to be, uh, to be satisfied. But it means, to, it means to have faith in God that God will give us everything we need. Now let's stop and look back for just a minute and see how God has provided for us up to this day. You know you never worry about yesterday. You never worry about yesterday. You worry about tomorrow. But when you look at all your yesterdays and how many times your worries w- were worth it, you realize you wasted a lot of time. I don't need to worry about tomorrow. I want you to hear the statement God is as much in my tomorrow as He was in my yesterday. He's already there. I'm content in him we often ask the question what are we going to do we know what the answer is we're going to trust in god we're going to do everything we can do we're going to give we're going to work we're going to pray but god is the one that supplies the need oh i'd like to just stay here for a while Uh, take your bibles and go to philippians chapter four philippians chapter four i'd be content to just stay right here Philippians chapter 4, notice what he says in verse number 11. Verse number 11. Uh, Philippians 4, verse number 11, he says this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now look at verse number 19. But my God shall supply all your need. If you have a King James Bible, it doesn't say needs, it says need. One word, need. I don't have any needs. All I have is a need. And he. Supplies my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If I have Christ, I have all I need. The chorus says, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All, all I need. And that's exactly what Paul was saying right here. In these days of troubled times, what do I need? First of all, I need confidence, confidence in God, confidence in myself and God's call and God's filling uh, in my life, confidence in one another. Second of all, I need contentment. God will supply every need. Number three, we need cooperation. We need cooperation. Now, there's no way to explain the blessings of our church outside of cooperation of teamwork. Our buses today would not have been successful in reaching hundreds of boys and girls and young people trusting Christ as Savior and them being taught the word of God and reminded truths of the word of God were it not for a team effort. We've, we would have not enjoyed the music that we have enjoyed in church tonight and this morning and week after week were it not for a team effort. We would not enjoy this nice building to be in and the cool temperature to be in. You don't want to go outside tonight. It's hot. We need to stay here for another hour of preaching tonight uh, where it's good and cool. And, and some of you wouldn't know it. There's not much difference in a 30-minute nap and an hour nap. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, it, our, our building is a team effort. And I want to say tonight, keep working as a team. We need cooperation Thank God for every young lady that faithfully serves God and does her part in this church. Thank God for every young man. I thank God for every child. There's not a week. I don't go by that little church right there. Thank God for those precious hands that put money in that church. They plan to give. They they, they prepare to give. This week my wife was with me when the steel company called and I had told her they, uh, they had sent me an email and they were going to call and it was a call they dreaded to make and so it didn't sound like good news at all. When they called me they said the deficit is $170,000 but it's already paid for. Now I know everybody gives. And I know folks that watch online they give. I couldn't help but to think of the children that give. Amen. Everybody. God blesses that teamwork. Hey, together we can accomplish the will of God. The devil says to you, you're not needed in that church. It's a big church. Hey, that, that, that's a foolish thinking. The whole world needs the gospel. There's a great work to be done. There's a place for everybody. I'll guarantee you, you can go this week. Every single person can go this week and you can find folks that have not been witnessed to. There are folks that live in our city. There are folks that live in this region. They've never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. The majority of them think, I need to do the best I can and hope I can make it. That's what the majority of them think. Very few understand the simple. Plan of God's salvation as given in the Word of God. We need cooperation. I thank God for it. I don't preach on it to correct a problem, but to praise God and to say, let's keep doing it. Let's keep working together. At times we get tired and at times we get frustrated, but the truth is we have to have one another to accomplish God's will. I give you the last thing tonight. I give you the last thing not only. Not only do we need uh, cooperation, and, and, and not only do we need confidence, and no, not only do we need contentment, we need courage. We need courage. What is courage? Courage is not the lack of fear, not the lack of danger. It's obedience in the face of danger. That's what courage is. Courage is not saying, I don't have any fear. I'm not afraid at all. Courage says, I'm going to do what duty demands to do I love the story of how God told Joshua to be of good courage You'll find that statement throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you'll find a similar statement that has the same meaning. It says, be of good cheer in the New Testament. I believe it's given five times. It's the same statement as be of good courage. It's interesting that God said to Joshua. Now, Joshua takes over the leadership after the leadership of Moses of the children of Israel. And God not only encourages or gives courage to Joshua. He says to Moses, Moses... I want you to tell Joshua to be of good courage. You think about that and you say, well, Lord, you told him, why should I tell him? Isn't that interesting? God said, Joshua, be of good courage. Then he said, Moses, when you see Joshua, tell him to be of good courage. You know, we need to encourage one another. Encourage means to increase courage. What it means, let's go soul winning together. We can do it. Let's work our bus route Together, we can do it. Let's take a stand for right. We can do it. One of our preacher boys called me yesterday, and he he was facing quite a difficult challenge uh, in his church. And he said, Preacher, he said, I I, I think I know what to do. Can I tell you about the problem and what I think I need to do, and, and, and you help me. You know what he was saying? I think I know what's right. I just need the courage to do it. And I said, I believe you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. You pray that God will give you wisdom, and you go ahead and do what God's given you peace about doing. I sent him a note a while ago, and I said, I want you to know that I love you and I've been praying for you. It's not easy to take a stand. It's 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 a shame that folks would try to come in and change a church. It's it's a shame. It, it, it is a shame. We need courage. Let me give you some scripture challenges about courage second timothy 1 7 for god hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind have courage to do right when you go to work this week do right when you go to work this week let your light shine Don't, don't don't take part in sinful and carnal behavior don't laugh at the world by the way you you can't impress the world they don't care about the christian they want to mock and they want to laugh, but you—you you can't impress the world. They don't need to try, and we might as well just serve God. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and love and of a sound mind. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Watch you stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Proverbs twenty eight one. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Do right. Do right. Psalm twenty seven verse number fourteen. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy, thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 16, These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. David said to Solomon in first Chronicles twenty-eight twenty, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Isn't that a good thing? David says to his son Solomon, be of good courage. No doubt David could recall days such as facing Goliath. The entire army of Israel was filled with fear and they were hidden. They were hidden from the threats and from the, uh, uh, from the danger of the Philistine army. He heard Goliath curse the God of heaven and the army of Israel. And David said, is there not a cause? I say tonight, is there not a cause for us to do right? Certainly there is. David said, I'll go and I'll fight the giants all. I tried to get him to use his armor, and he said, But I've not proven these. He took his slingshot and the five smooth stones, and he said to, uh, to the giant, You come to me with a spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's where our courage comes from. Go ahead and knock on that door. Go ahead and give that gospel tract. Go ahead and speak up for the cause of Christ. Have courage. Yes, we live in troubled times, and according to what Paul said to Timothy, they're going to get worse and worse until we return to the days of Noah. But in all of that time until he comes, let's do right. Confidence, contentment, co-worker, encouraging one another, and then to have courage. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, there are folks that do face difficult decisions before them. And Lord, sometimes the variables and sometimes the pressures are so difficult. Sometimes they're personal. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes doing right is not an easy task. Dear God, help us to do right. You're a good God. You've given to us all that we need to accomplish your will. May we go away tonight saying, I will do this week what's right. I'll yield my body as an instrument in God's hand of righteousness. There's one here tonight not saved. I pray that you'd save their soul.